Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are watching and listening, hopefully, to Two Broke Watch Snobs, the only watch podcast that knows the next stop is Willoughby. The next stop is Willoughby. You have made it all the way to episode out. 265. Hello. Hello. Hello, computer. Oh, sorry. I had to get closer to the mic. Hello. Hello. There's a, there's a lot of occupational hazard, I think, around your Hello. desk when you do the intro. You're kind yeah, of I got hitting like, yourself, hurting yourself. I'm hurting myself. I got pliers. Uh, I had some. I had some kitchen scissors here. Not like fabric scissors, but like scissors for like cutting chicken bones because I couldn't find. You know the, the 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 big the big the big like the like the mega big fucking scissors. Scissors, not like the big scissors. Like you just had bleedy scissors on your desk. <laughs> do you not have? Do you not have bleeding cooking utensils on your desk as well? I don't understand, Michael. Dude, it was a it's a mess. I was setting up the the camera thing, and this is this whole camera situation is a is a challenge because I can record in a in a pretty dark office. My desk is usually messy for the existence of TBWS, but now we have to look <laughs> kind of presentable. Um, I, was, I was getting ready for the sh- uh, for the show. Um, also, yeah, hey, hey everyone, if you didn't hear last episode or if you forgot, we are also putting these on YouTube, so. Head over to YouTube, go and check it out. If you also want to follow along with the show and see what Michael and my fucking dumb faces look like, you can also see the watches uh, that we're going to be talking about because we can actually pull them up on the screen. But I was getting ready for the show and, and I, I got up for breakfast. I'm like, oh, I got to get ready. And like my wife just saw me put on like a shirt I've been wearing for like three days. Just like, just like, I just put this old ass shirt and I just, and I started walking out. She's like, she's like, oh, don't you want to grab a new shirt and shave? I'm like, no. I'm perfect. I'm perfect the way I am. I'm (laughs) someone homeless, certainly disgruntled. I'm perfect. It's just, it's great. I just put a black long sleeve over what I slept with. So it's, you look like a, you look like a crab fisherman with the beanie. I'm super jealous. (laughs) Thank you. Minus the beard though. Minus the beard. That's the sans sans beard. Well, here, (laughs) God damn it. This is cool. Let's do this. Episode 265 of Watching Podcast. This is going to be a ton of fun. You have made it a very long way on your journey with us. If you are one of the folks who has been with us since the beginning, you might recall episode one. What was episode one, Michael? Other affordable, than... affordable Vintage Watches Part 1. And... Part 1 of a million. Yeah. Uh, we it, felt, thought it, it, be... it felt like we were learning to play with our wieners for the first time. In front of each other. <laughs> like does does yours work this way yeah <laughs> i've never done it. that's crazy dude that's so good totally cool while recording it it's fine it's it's family it's what family does michael it's fine yeah <laughs> Whew, that flew off the rails well we thought it would be interesting um I thought, actually michael you had this idea last night episode 265 sort of this kind of coming full spectrum out i hit my knee from episode one Episode one was focused on this idea of affordable vintage watches because I think, especially at the time, you and I were maybe more, maybe me more so than you, but we were infatuated with the idea of a vintage watch. Like a vintage watch was a potentially affordable way to get a watch that had history, legacy, and that was interesting. Coming full circle, episode 265. Now we're asking ourselves when vintage watches are just not worth it. When vintage watches aren't worth it. At what point? Because the vintage watch game has gotten insane, dude. Like, yeah, and and I, I think know. the whole I think people my at the time that was like really way too close to like the camera. Yeah, you can <laughs> you can you can move it. Is Not, this better? Well, now, is this I, better? now I just see the microphone. There you go. 
we're gonna get this right guys <laughs> okay all right i'll have it i'll have it here it still sounds I'll good cl- i'll get closer to it okay hello 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 all right. still, it still sounds good. Don't worry. Yeah, I don't okay. think a lot of brands were leaning into the whole vintage reissue thing at the time either. So, if you wanted, yeah, yeah. back in our day, black bays were forty-one millimeters, <laughs> and they used to have Eta movements in them. If you believe it, <laughs> and there were only two or three, technically. I guess when they launched, there was three. Yeah, so I think I think Longine was doing something with uh, the Legend Diver. Legend Diver for a while. Yeah, they were they've been rocking that for a bit now. The we had the Seiko SRP triple sevens coming out, and oh man, uh, that's right. Uh, and they had already done a similar reissue of those before. What uh, a time to be alive back then! So it was, um, yeah, if you wanted vintage in a lot of cases, you had to go vintage. I don't think a lot of the brands were doing their whole this is an exact one-to-one recreation of this watch that everybody loves. You'd get something similar, but probably very huge, uh, impractical in some way. Um, So yeah, vintage was attractive in the sense that you could, A, find something with some kind of orological clout pretty easily. uh, And it, it it wouldn't be that expensive. So it was an attractive topic for episode one of Two Broke Watch Snobs. Yeah. But now oh, things have changed. Fucking changed. Oh my god! Every time one of these brands like digs into their archives or looks under the water cooler at work and finds some kind of vintage model they can reissue, it just it drives up the prices of the actual vintage versions of those watches. It then allows people to feel like they can start just charging crazy prices. It also, makes it very difficult to find certain vintage watches. And then the other reality of the fact is you can because I've had this happen to me. Uh, my early collecting niche within the vintage watch world was um, uh, just vintage Soviet watches. So watches produced in the Soviet Union, like countries, Soviet Union blocks from about 1917 to like 1991, 1992. Um, it is entirely possible for you to do all your research, for you to purchase a vintage watch, you know, online or yeah, usually usually online. Uh, so that's the reality. This is, and then they mail it to you, and you get it, and it's uh, it falls apart. That's yeah. happened to me twice. Just falls <laughs> apart. But it wasn't that bad, especially because I was only in it for you know twenty or thirty bucks. Sure, like I lost twenty or thirty bucks, but you know I didn't spend two thousand, three thousand, <laughs> five thousand bucks. I still, have, watch. I still have one of those first watches, by the way. I still have the Vostok Amphibia you gave me. <laughs> That's really cool, actually. That's a fun one. Oh, he's got it. I forgot. I forgot we're on video. You can show people. The- yes, man. That's so cool. Isn't that great? Isn't that literally the strap I gave you as well with it? Uh, is a different one? It's a different one. This okay. is a different strap. This is so a cool. kind of a knockoff cheap Sean Connery uh, NATO thing. Yeah. You should have just been knockoff cheap Sean Connery and then just stop talking. It's just a knockoff version of Sean Connery. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? That really good dial too, actually. I think the condition's pretty good. Dial in there is super cool. That old Vostok Amphibia should be running like... Oh, I'm going to fuck up the movement. Oh no! I shouldn't have put myself on the spot. It's, <laughs> it's probably okay. it, it's probably a two four zero nine. Um, 
It's probably a manual line 2409. Because the 2416 are automatic, and those were a little bit later. So it's probably that's probably 2409. But um It's a running. It's a running. Vostok. Well, you know the old Vostok saying, Vostok takes a lick and keeps on taking no, that's different. That's a different brand. That's, <laughs> that's an entirely different brand. Please don't sue me. But but there is now a threshold if you're considering vintage watches where this is not worth it. Like it literally is not worth getting certain vintage watches. So that's what we want to talk about when we get there. When we get there, we're not there yet. Not there yet. We have stuff to talk about. We have lots of things, lots of hot buttons. Not really. Just we're just going to hang out. Michael, for the 265th time, do you want to make history with our wrists and our faces now? Uh, do you want to do an audio wrist check? Yeah, let's do it. Your hat matches my shirt. And my hair matches your shirt. (laughs) This is how we coordinated. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Go on. You go first. Let's see. Let me share because we can all look at everything. And all right. Do you see it? So we're uh, loading. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm wearing. I don't even know how to pronounce this. Here we go. Let's see. Had it for a while. Earned a day. Earned yeah. a day. Yeah. It is the Ardune Ardune R6 Legendary Diver. Yeah. Um, and this thing sells for a hundred and fifty bucks. Nice. And I think I got it for less because I use some like discount thing or whatever. Um, this is basically uh a recreation of the early watches that were being tested for Navy SEALs, um, watches like so Tornick, cool. watches like the Tornick Reveal uh, ER nine hundred came out of that. There's the Bulova with similar specs. They release it under the Millships name now, and this is uh, and then of course like the Fifty Fathoms looking watches. Uh, this is made to look like a sterile very early prototype um and it's funny i used to have i used to have the tornick reveal the newer one the tr660 uh that's kind of like a mark ii watches project right Um, and i had them both but i kept this one i sold the other one (laughs) that's actually really funny so you like this one you're happy with this i like this one because it's so damn cheap first of all like Mm -hmm. uh if I get rid of it, I'll probably just give it to somebody. Um, it's not worth it's not worth the hassle of selling it for thirty five yeah. ninety nine. Honestly, yeah, the the whole song and dance of uh, what it was, like Reddit watch exchange to to sell it or whatever. Um, and the dimensions. I mean, not to say that that was a bad watch. I I, th- I think that Tornick Reveal is probably one of still one of the best watches you can get uh, for mm. under a thousand. If you're into this kind of stuff, uh, but the dimensions on this are way more, uh, I guess, faithful to the older ones. Even the the crown is super tiny, um, huh. just like just like the old ones. And yeah, I don't know. I I I dig it. It comes with this. Uh, the lugs are actually, I think, 19 millimeters. Yep. Yeah, yeah. a little. It's a little thick, man. 14, 14 mil. Or is that with the crystal? It's with the crystal. Yeah. So Word. it's got this. It's got this big old, I think you could get it with sapphire or 
Oh, it's mineral. No. Yeah, it's mineral glass. But cool. I don't know. It's been holding up pretty well. I, I think oh, it's, it's, got an, it's got an NH35 in it. Hell yeah. NH35, you can get it sterile like this or with the logo. Yeah, what's the logo look like? I was going to ask you. Oh, yeah, take the logo off. It looks like shit. It's just the whatever that is. Can Arjuna. I? Okay, here's the explanation. So I guess the brand name is that. What the? F- oh, Roma wait. D. Hmm? Rome isn't built in a day. So then they took the first letter of that saying, and then they oh made a. I don't understand. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, and I can both agree uh, with clarity that that's pretty fucking dumb. The great, great watch. I love it, but the uh, the the brand name is a little uh, puzzling. Probably should have probably should have workshopped that brand name a little bit a little bit more. Uh, it it may have put that on watches. It may, it's like it's like an AI spewed out a watch brand. <laughs> like, Pro- I mean, probably, you know. Hey, ChatGPT, you're a world class brand marketer. I need help coming up with a brand name, and then it all just kind of <laughs> tumbled out of control from there. But yeah, That's cool, this though. Is, this is it. I love it. It's um, it's kind of, it's really well sized. It looks very vintagey. The NH35 in this has been keeping really good time. It's a solid uh, Hell yeah. I love the bezel and this this strap is a single pass with a nylon keeper. And oh cool. Yeah. I don't know. What more I, do you I, need? Yeah. So now, is that a is that a I'm gonna do dishes with it watch? Do you feel comfortable what's like with your with your with your dishwashing rating on there? Yeah. Well the issue with me is my sleep rating, because apparently that's where I break break watches when I when I fall asleep with them, um, maybe, maybe just maybe just do like skunk dancing in your sleep. Remember, remember skunking? Is that what it was called? Was it skunking? You know what I'm talking about? Or skanking? Like the ska skanking? stuff? Yeah, skanking. That's what it was. What the what the kids were doing with the jazz music and you know all that back then? Yeah, skanking. Maybe maybe just skanking in your sleep and you're just like kicking, punching air. That's and very like, possible. And like your wife doesn't have the heart to tell you. Oh, she tells me if I'm if I'm rowdy while I'm sleeping i've gotten the elbow before oh that's but, funny uh, <laughs> yeah I, I think i think if you're into this look i i've toyed with the uh uh there there's a there's someone that runs an instagram account called i think the alchemist reloomer or something like that and he you can follow his projects where he takes uh Sometimes newer watches, older watches, and he relooms them just very, very skillfully. But people cool. send him, I think somebody sent him uh, like the Bull of a Lunar Pilot, and he did a really cool job, you know, doing this sort of patina mod on the on the loom. And I've been thinking about doing something similar with this one because it'll, I, I, I like the look of it, but it's um, some of the coloring here is a little corny, like this, uh, this yeah. little. It's made to look like the the water ingress yeah. tablet thing, but it looks, I don't know, it's a very weird kind of tan color that doesn't match all that well with the, um, I guess, the Fotina on the markers. You know, it's really interesting. Watches like this and watches in this kind of price range that are fairly affordable for what you're getting, you're getting a ton of watch for this yeah. 150 bucks or whatever. 
you feel less self-conscious about doing stuff like that. Oh, I'm going to think about having someone mess with a loom or, oh, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, trying to mod this out or something like that. Like, I think folks are a little less inclined to do stuff like that on like their, you know, several thousand dollar watches. Like, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go and buy like a Longines Spirit and be like, you know what, I'm going to send it to some YouTuber to have them, you know, do some espresso shots and relume it in the dark. I want to see, I'm going to see where that goes, you know? That person posted a project where they did it for a, uh, a Black Bay 58. Well, fuck me. I'm I'm apparently an idiot <laughs> because people do send their watches like that to that guy. Good I guess for them. That that's ballsy, you know. Right? I wouldn't it, do that. It look kind. Of, it looks kind of cool. I just hope the Black Bay Fifty Eight is never a collector's item. What about what? What about your warranty? What if you void your warranty? Oh my gosh! What are you gonna, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Dude, they they gave me uh they gave me crap uh when I sent the tutor back for repair they gave me crap for it not being on the bracelet by the way some people don't if you're just like a person who's not like a watch nerd and you walk into a tutor whatever you walk out with that watch that's like let me try with full sentences my dad has been wearing a two-tone rolex date just with roman numeral markers on the dial since like 1979 when he got that and it has never left that bracelet that bracelet is the only thing that watch has ever been on i think that's fairly normal well apparently apparently some there are some stories of them refusing to do service or something or saying that it's like not not factory ready for service or something like that if it's not on the bracelet which got me kind of scared but they did the work well then tutor don't put fucking spring bars on there just solder (laughs) the bracelets on if you're so If you're going to be honest about people doing that, like that's yeah. insane. But anyways, that's that's a different story. That that watch is fine now. Um, and this is yeah, this is this is what I got on today. A little, what is it, hundred fifty dollar dive watch with a Seiko. Hell movement. yeah, I love yeah. it. My turn. Let me pop it off my wrist. I for episode two sixty five. I'm wearing my Manta Triumph. I don't know if you can see that. I can see it. And the people can probably see it now. Yes, there it oh, is. Oh, that's right. I forget we 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 had a we had a we had a uh, a piece on the on the presser on the site. Nice. Head yeah. to twobookwatchtops.com, everyone. Uh, I love this watch. This watch for me represented what I would say was probably like a year and a half, two year journey. I tend to not purchase watches willy nilly. Like in the last few years, I've I've. I'm usually no watches in the year or like one big watch purchase in the year. And uh, I was trying to find like a new house watch and I was about to become a dad. And so I tried, I I combined that to my new house, new dad watch. And, you know, I tried it with that Orion Hellcat, which folks probably remember, or if you don't, I'm not going to make us walk down that, that, that (laughs) I'm not going to make us walk down that street again with everyone, but I didn't have the best experience with that watch. Um, so got rid of it, and then you know we had been we had been pretty close with the Monta team for a while. You know we were not quiet or shy about you know in the micro brand world how killer these watches are. Like they're yeah. certainly charging a premium, but it is one of those instances where you get what you pay for. You know, I I think I'm surprised every single time. So I was just I was just there. Um in your neck of the woods and i 
got to meet up with you and see your new watches and see my new baby see your new baby i'm surprised every single time i handle something from monta i i in my head i, I thought you were gonna you handed it to me and in my head i thought oh yeah this is gonna be a nice watch but man it's a nice watch it's so, really fucking nice so this well built everything i want i i wanted a a a a, a slim everyday wearing field watch that was a bit touch luxer than a regular field watch like i don't want a field watch to be like my granddad pulled this out of a trench and in world war one it's like no i just kind of i just want i just kind of want arabic numerals on a watch that like is not trying to look like it's from the past yeah you know and what the, i'm saying and the case awesome. thickness the case thickness is just it's, it's under 10 millimeters i brought that um i brought that uh the momentum C quartz also for yes. you to look at. This thing is as it's it it just looks as slim as a quartz diver. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. I fucking love this watch. I I I I I love the bracelet. I love the case. Everything about this watch, I am supremely happy with. Um, I was oh sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I heard you take a break. No, I was just gonna ask. Do you know how many they made? This one. I don't, I don't know if I ever got. It was one. it was limited. Oh, 95. Here we go. Yeah. 95 pieces. Wow. So wherever you are, other 95 wrist bros. Actually, I think they still have some left. So 75, 75 wrist bros. I have no idea. Wrist Eskimo, wrist Eskimo bros. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Wrist uh, companions. Wrist com- wrist- yeah. There's compadres. no sexual connotations. Yeah. There's no sexual connotations with that. Wrist companions, wrist compadres. Hello. Yeah. A good day. Good day to you. Kind folk. Um, I was going to wear my Grand Seiko, but something happened. I'm trying to figure out what to do. What what happened? Possibly the only thing that can go wrong with the quartz watch. It's running out of battery. The battery is dead. 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 What was Sorry, that? I was waving, I was waving to my uh, wife. <laughs> that you were that you were like signaling the goons to come like take me away. Like they were they were waiting outside my house for days, but like any day they can somehow see me numb. doing the signal for me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean they're watching. I assume they're tapping into this feed and they're watching from the the, the there's, there's been a peach delivery truck on my front yard for like four weeks. So I can only assume it's them. Hey, that stuff freaks like that, that stuff freaks me out. I could talk about creepy vans parked outside for hours and like thinking there's stuff in my walls Oof, yeah we could do that podcast we could do that podcast <laughs> that could be that could be tbws after dark where we just talk about yeah. like our, our, our tinfoil hat feelings but uh no the battery the, 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 the batteries what i'm a little concerned about is i didn't get any warning you know you know why is this, this happened is this supposed to tick differently why did that happen this happened because i wore it this happened you you loaned it to me for a, like not even 24 hours <laughs> we swapped we swapped a pair of watches and i break everything that i touch this is my fault i'm so sorry i don't want to i don't want to say it's bro- what could have broken it what could, what did you you didn't do you didn't do like burpees or parkour while wearing no. this thing dude you just i walked around and had like funnel cake i don't know i don't i don't know i don't know what you did when you did when you were here but like you know, I was cooking dinner the other night and I was wearing the watch that you gave me, the Eco Drive uh, mm-hmm. Diver. And I look at my wrist and it's dangling uh, like on this on the, the nylon strap. I lost the spring bar. I don't, 
don't know I what that means. Lose the spring. What were you doing? Were you whisking eggs? I was cooking a steak dinner, man. I don't know. I just. <laughs> you were calmly flipping a piece of meat to the other side, and you saw you were missing a spring bar. So that's my fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I broke your Grand Seiko. I don't think it's broken. I think the battery died, but I really could have sworn, isn't this, it's supposed to tick differently. My, when my Omega battery was low. You, we should probably look, I don't know if the 9F does that. It'd be really funny if it doesn't. It if should it, have if it end of life own, indicator. Actually, let me Google it. It is the 9F82. Because my Omega did that. It was doing the hand skip thing. Let me show people at home. This is my quartz one. Just the uh, 2541 bond reference. You got to hang out with this watch for a little bit. Sorry the clasp was being weird. I got to send that to Omega. No, it's okay. It looks good on the, the NATO. So. It does. Look, thank you. That, thank you for thank you for that NATO. <laughs> 9F82. Yeah, I don't know if they... I don't know if the 9F movements do that. That'd be kind of crappy if it doesn't. Because it's... You feel like it has all the fancy bells and whistles built into it like that. I'm actually not sure. Okay, let's see here. How to identify replacement period indicator. Wait, what? I'm on the Grand Seiko website. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any of that stuff on my watch. Arabic numerals, blah, blah, blah. Nothing. Nothing here is helpful. Yeah, we should we should look into that because that is kind of <clears throat> strange. Of course, even if it did have some sort of end of life indicator, I'm sure I broke it somehow. No, Michael, I got this. Well, I I've had this watch for three or four years. What did you say? The nine F six two, eight two, nine F eight two. I'm on Caliber Corner. Oh yeah, solid sight. Yeah, I don't. I don't even see anything about, you know, an in indicator here. But, anyways, now maybe we should send. It, maybe I should send it to Grand Seiko. Just all, just also get cleaned up. Just take it to the mall, man. No, I'm afraid. <laughs> I would be afraid. I would not take that watch to the mall. <laughs> I had a I had a local jeweler change the battery in my um, Omega, and uh, he did a great job. He he he's it's like he's like a he's like an actual like local. Like, I don't know what the term is, but like, he's an actual like master jeweler or master goldsmith or something. Like, he makes jewelry jewelry. Like, he made a necklace for my, uh, my, my wife when we were there. We were picking it up. And uh, I was like, I was like, oh, hey, can you, do, do you do like battery changes too? He's like, he's like, yeah, I could do that. Um, he wasn't rough with my Omega, but he wasn't as gentle as I would have liked him to have been with my Omega. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I had a horrible experience <laughs> last time I had somebody change the battery on a watch. They just put a big old scratch on the case back. Oh, uh, man. Luckily, it was like a rough military type watch. So it didn't really, I don't know, matter to me. I still would have said something. I'd been like, I'd been like, huh, that's interesting. I didn't have this giant like face scar in the back of my watch when I gave it to you. I noticed when I got home. So I was just, oh, like, shit. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. I was nervous that like I thought he I thought he knew that he broke my watch because he didn't charge me, and I, and like oh. I was I was almost like no no charge me I want paperwork 
<laughs> like I want a I want a paperwork transaction that I was here and you fucking ruined my watch. But like it, it's fine. I was just being paranoid. He he just wasn't as gentle with it as I would have appreciated. So yeah, so gotta figure out the Grand Seiko, but that's what I'm wearing for the episode, man. We're in the month of triumph. This is this is it. This Looks is good. it for a long time. How can I let me do this? Fucking Looks good. Everything's reversed. There we go. I swear we are professionals. We've been doing this. <laughs> we're pro, U- we're pro YouTubers time. already. Yeah. Pro YouTubers. There we go. So cool, man. Ah, good, good wrist check. Well, here, let's do this. I want to jump into the main topic before we have to go through. We get Michael. I don't want to do it. But we have to go through some housekeeping. Let's go for it. Let's go for <laughs> it. Okay. Everyone, go and check out twobrokewashknobs.com. Um, Michael and I took a bit of a posting, I think kind of like a light posting break uh, towards the latter half of December. But uh, now that we're back in January, things are picking up again. Check out the site. Huge shout out to um, Aaron Shapiro for getting this. Uh, I never know how to say the name. Heim? I think, I think, I think it's just like that. Yeah, Heim. Heim. Heim Legacy Automatic. Uh as usual, Aaron got really, really killer photos. Uh, I love the write-up that he was able to do in here as well. So go and check that out on the site. In addition to that, um, we got a piece up that Michael and I have been wanting to do for a long time. But the the, the, the concept is just really, really weird. So we have a, a watch guide section on the site. Um, and uh, yeah, you got it right there. Perfect. So it's, it's, it's a... A fairly straightforward guide on the idea of cheap Rolexes. So it's it's literally just called, you know, cheapest Rolex watches. Um, This is a really interesting piece because I think what precipitates, and I want to do a separate video on this. I think what precipitates people's just initial thoughts on getting a Rolex, not just if you're like a watch person or like a regular book, but like everyone. It's the idea of, I want to own a Rolex. Like, that's it. Like, that sentence, I think, carries a lot of status with it. Um, And I think people want that. Uh, It's very easy to be caught in the allure of that. And that leads people down this path of trying to figure out what is the least amount of money (laughs) I can spend to get a Rolex. There's your wrist, Michael. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, Which is a bit of an issue the concept of spending the least amount of money in the context of Rolex uh, is fucking dumb. When we're talking about cheap Rolex watches, you're still going to be spending anywhere from like five to $9,000. That's cheap. Yeah. And whether it's vintage or, or, or modern people, you know, back when, back before shortages or anything like that, I mean, people would just kind of go in and see what is the cheapest cool looking thing that they can get. And Mm -hmm. in many cases that's, you know, uh, Explorer one or a no date sub of some kind. And, uh, people were doing that more and more and more. What is the lowest barrier to entry for something that I like? And then that's why, or I think that played a, that played a part in stainless steel models Mm. basically becoming impossible to get because so many people were just like oh that's the cheapest one that i can get that looks cool and 
yeah, it, it happens. It happens a lot. Uh, you know, whether you're looking at something new or, or vintage. Yeah, it, it, it's it's and I, I will say spoiler alert. I think about 50 percent of this article is is uh, Airman's. It's just Airman's. The Air Kings? <laughs> or Air Kings, excuse me, Air Kings. Also, huge shout out and thank you to Tropical Watch for um, helping us out with some of the media uh, yeah. on here. He's uh, He's got some cool stuff, <laughs> as, as always. I'm... What's funny is I even got trapped. I got trapped in the allure. As I was putting this together, I started just looking at Airman's. I started looking at Airman, uh, uh, the the fourteen thousand reference, either, or or one four zero 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 zero, or whatever the fuck it is, um, the one that they redid in the uh, in the the like the nineties ish, because you can get them for not not that much money in the context of Rolex. You know yeah. what I mean? We're still talking uh, four and a half to five and a half thousand. It's still a lot of. I could buy I could buy my brand new Omega Rail Masters blue jean, blue jeans, whatever the fuck it's whatever. Yeah, blue jeans for that. Yeah. They're cool. I like the size. I think that's what I like the most. The size is very alluring. So yeah. go and check out the website. I don't want to talk too much about this because I want to do. I want us to do a, a video just on this, like this topic of yeah. cheap Rolex watches. But go and check it out. We're also some folks might have noticed we're also building out a new section of the site um, that's dedicated towards brands, but more so. I this idea of trying to give a brand almost rating or a bit of a guide into the quality behind a brand. So, okay, yeah, perfect. You have the long jeans one up here. So we're being very selective about which brands we choose to do these pages for. But what you'll see here, if you go and check out the site, I don't know, I, have to, I should probably actually make them accessible on the site somewhere, but we'll, we'll put a link somewhere. Um, this piece is on long jeans watches. There's grading criteria here. I'm going to post on the website, the, the formula that the formula that we use for grading, but basically the way it works is each one of these criteria, craftsmanship, reputation, design, innovation, and affordability, uh, gets ranked anywhere, uh, from one to 10, but then that has an additional modifier on it. And so basically that helps us ensure that a 10 on craftsmanship isn't weighted as same as the 10 on something like reputation, because those two, even if they both have a 10, they don't, they shouldn't be weighted the same. I would argue that I put more importance on something being well-crafted as opposed to it being something that's reputable. So that's a little bit of the math behind these grading criteria as they are here, but you can go and check it out. Each one of these sections has uh, a bit of additional copy on it and things like that. We only really have a couple because it takes us a little while to uh, put these together. But, you know, by the end of the year, I want to have a nice collection uh, of these up. So, wow, this is, oh, wow, this is an old article. Remember this? That was, this one, of the, a... that was one of the first, that was one of the first things, uh, I think we did. It even has the double H one. That's how old it is, Michael. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. We did. We did used to do that. <laughs> we, uh, we. Oh, the little memories, of, dude. Little quirks of uh, <laughs> running a, a little watch website. 
Very cool. It's a little, little watch website. So go, yeah, head up, uh, head over to brookwatchups.com. Head over to our YouTube channel as well. Definitely subscribe because we're going to be putting things up on there. Michael and I have been talking a lot about like video and audio quality. I, I don't know who I was watching. I was watching a watch video. Uh, for somewhat for like a micro brand, either a micro brand was on it or it was like a small, really, really small, I think just starting out watch like blog. But the video quality was like insane. Yeah. Like, like I could see their, I could see like their fucking hair growing. Like I could see the hair follicles like grow. Like it was, and I, and like, I was just thinking, I'm just like, huh, Michael and I just use, we're just, I'm just using my laptop camera. Yeah. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah. That's what we're doing. And it's, I have no lighting by the way. I have a larger monitor here where if I go on a page that I don't know, is not using dark (laughs) mode or something, I kind of have some kind of light. Any sun that I had when we started is slowly going away because we have these dark, oh, man. dreary days right now. Dude, pull up the Tag Heuer Carrera page and see if you can get the lighting they use on on Ryan. Um, what's his last name? The guy from Driver. Ryan. Is it Philip Gosling? Gosling. Is- yes. <laughs> see if yeah. you can get that lighting. Do Do you have it up? That would be that would be cool. No, I don't have that up. Where is that? We gotta get we get is is that Ryan Gosling? I'm probably really really butchering. This is this is this is great. Tag Huier Huier. Are you talking about like uh? Let me see. So a photo like this. Let's see. Where is it? I want like moody, like wave, like, like waves. Yeah. This photo. Yeah, dude. Can you pull that up on your monitor and get that going? I can never look that cool. Then there's the watch. Yeah. It's some kind of, what is that? He's on, he's, he, he, he's on the Carrera page. Like he's just. Uh, okay. He's, I was working on the Tag Heuer TBWS brand page, which is why this is fresh in my mind right now. We're just two guys looking at Ryan Gosling right now. We're just two cool dudes looking at another very attractive man wearing a watch that <laughs> I never really thought that much about, but you know, now I'm thinking about it. It looks like a pretty cool watch, actually. Yeah, yeah. He's he's kind of like uh I think he can be the new Leo for Tag Heuer because it was I Leo I totally Dick. forgot it was Leo for a while. But uh he he knows how to wear a watch. Actually. Oh, you would see you would see Leo in the airport and he would wear it, he would wear it on his hand. He yeah. for some reason thought this didn't make him look like a fucking asshole. <laughs> just walking around ordering McDonald's, holding holding his watch. That's okay. Just Work, worked out for him. Yeah, yeah I think you, it'll be fine. YouTube is YouTube is gonna be uh, exciting. I there's um, I think the barrier uh, to finding like gear that works and tools like Streamyard that we're using right now is is a little easier to get by, and I get excited anytime we make just a little bit of progress like posting the last one was super fun um, i'm yeah. glad that people like it but then oh, i yeah. see have you seen this channel sorry i'm just gonna i'm gonna give him a plug right now because every yeah. time every time i think about doing youtube i look at something that this guy does have you seen these videos from oh your God, terrific hell yeah 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 he's he's a he's a he's a, a friend of the show it makes me want to quit anything that <laughs> i'm doing 
<laughs> I'm just like, okay, there's no point. It's like it's like there's... when I hear Steve Vai play guitar, I'm just gonna throw my guitar away. Why try? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, think... we're we're excited for that. It'll be fun. This I week. yeah. First of all, huge thank you to everyone that checked out the first episode we put on YouTube and um, tons of very nice comments. That that uh, I think we were both just like, yeah, we're gonna get a bunch of like. It's not even 4K or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Or I don't know anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just assumed I just, okay. Well, I, I, I have a very, I have a very, very fractured relationship with my mom. I'm sharing that for a reason. I assume every interaction is going to be like an interaction I have with my mom where it's just like, oh, hey, mom, I did this great thing. And she'll be like, but you didn't do that thing. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I just assume every interaction I have is going to be like that. You should you should move the camera and then just change to sitting on a couch, and then we can talk about these things. We can just talk about feelings. You don't yeah. want to hear about my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I think in terms of camera quality, we can probably ramp it up a little bit. Yeah, what this I is the, this is a 720p club right now. That's that's where What's we up? are. What's up, everyone? <laughs> I do think we need to have a very frank discussion, and we can do this in front of the kids. Um, I don't know if I want to do the jump cut thing. It's like disorienting. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the jump cut thing? Kind of just, do you mean the... There's no pauses. You don't even hear people breathe. It's just... It's like, oh my God, dude. Like, what's happening? And they combine that with the quick zoom sequence, which I'm... Oh my God. Yeah, no, no, no. I hate a little less. Like, I get that. But it's it's so overdone now. You make a point and then ha zoom. <laughs> and it's I think it's just a digital artificial editing thing that you do. And I can we also emphasize our points with claps? I don't like jump cuts. Can we start? <laughs> can we do more? Can we do we more can, of this? We can with do the that. zoom. Yeah. That'd be perfect. It is tag hoyer, not tag her or tagger hoyer. Actually, that's really fun. I get why people do that now. I feel like I'm talking to preschoolers. It feels, it feels, it feels good, and it feels like you're smart. I don't know. It makes me look smart, and as someone that uh, has difficulty with that, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take that shit all day. We're gonna get great comments on this this episode. It's, it's a free show. It's fine. <laughs> Head over to bookwashnobs.com. Head over to the YouTube channel. Um, let us know what's up. Let us know your thoughts on uh just the future of the youtube channel anything you want to see on there like i said i want to start doing some more things every now and then but with that said housekeeping is over housekeeping is done oh i didn't set up those bumpers that i had last time they were super fancy oh the little i totally forgot about those i'm slacking i can write it on like a piece of paper and like and like put it in front of the screen like it's an eighth grade video project it'll be mirrored i think Oh, fuck, I have to write it backwards. Oh, dude, we do not have the time to have me try to figure out how to write something backwards. Oh, man. I'm just happy your names are on the screen. I'm happy with that. But here... um, I almost almost wrote Kaz on mine just to see what you would do. Like... Who am I? Uh, Who am I? Vintage uh, watches. Vintage watches, yes. Are they worth it? It depends. What does worth it mean? Hmm. Because I think 
what happens with vintage watches is something that happens with a lot of the psychology behind the collector's mentality, whether it's whether it's comic books, because I have some comic books on my wall. I used to be really big into comic books. Whether it's comic books or like fucking like like baseball cars or watches, the concept of worth it is contingent upon the idea of winning. You can get so caught up in something related to a vintage watch hunt that it no longer becomes just about the watch. It becomes about the satisfaction of winning. I think the best example I can share for that is my Slava Medical. Mm. <clears throat> that was no longer about the watch. Actually, should, should, I, should, I, should, 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 should I grab it? Yeah, grab it. I don't think we I don't... have. I don't think we have that on the website or anything. That'd be. Oh gosh, I hope he doesn't hurt himself. You're talking, I can't hear you. Yeah. Well, I'll talk to the people. I hope he doesn't trip. All right, he's safe. He's safe. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't want you to get hurt. No, no, no. That thing. We we actually do have a video. I have a video on our YouTube channel of how um, pulse meters work. For some oh, reason, I made that right. video like a few years ago, and I used the Slava Medical. Um, as the example, Slava Medical. This is uh, Slava is a Soviet watch brand. The idea of a of a brand in Soviet urology is not the same as brands in um, like privately owned businesses. All watch brands were owned by the government during the Soviet Union, and they were uh, they weren't necessarily operating for this concept of of financial gain or brand history or anything like that soviet watch brands uh like many industrialized soviet pieces back then were trying to build themselves in a way to make the soviet union more industrially competitive so it wasn't about oh i'm gonna make a watch that is 25 seconds faster than the latest version, blah, blah, blah. It's the idea of I'm going to make a watch that's reliable, that fills a need that's very Soviet-based so we don't have to rely on outside industrialized nations. So like that's that that was a lot of the core function behind Soviet watch brands. And so the Slava Medical, I like Slava, um, uh, was based in Moscow. It's technically the second Moscow watch factory, I'm pretty sure. But this is essentially... Uh, Essentially, it's a doctor's watch. It's a pulse meter. So there's two different scales on the watch. And what you're supposed to do is, I don't know if you can see it. There's a there's a second hand. Let me wind it. So you can see the second hand moving. The second hand moves. When it reaches the top of the scale, which it's doing right now, I'm supposed to start counting. I think I count 12. It says, I think it's 12. Oh, no, it's a Roman numeral. Yeah. It's either 12 or 15 count 15 beats or uh, 15 heartbeats so like that's when you're supposed to find your pulse and then wherever it falls on the scale that's like your heart rate per minute or something per like minute that. yeah uh i love this uh, the, the, when i heard about this watch it is the only mechanical pulse meter uh that was made during the soviet union there were two other ones um from raketa and chaika they're quartz um 
Just because uh, if I'm a doctor and I'm trying to take someone's pulse, I'm probably going to go for a quartz watch. I think it's going to be a little more reliable and accurate. So so kudos to, to Slava for going mechanical. They use the their 2428 caliber, which is a double mainspring barrel movement. And so the idea is with double main, mainspring movement is as the power starts to decline, it won't you won't get that precision lag that you would get with a single mainspring barrel. So the idea is that it would be more accurate. I don't know if it actually is more accurate, but I got so lost in the hunt for that watch. It's not even that much money. I think I got this thing for like 200 bucks, but do you remember, do you remember Barabbas? I remember Barabbas <laughs> and how he, how he wronged you. He wronged me. Barabbas from East Beef Wellington, which I know is not a real place, but that's the that's just for some reason the only thing I can remember. <laughs> I first learned about this watch. I fell in love with it, and I very quickly found someone that had it. And I don't remember the exact circumstance, but for some reason, they listed it. It was on eBay and everything. For some reason, they wouldn't sell it to me. Oh, I know why. Because they didn't want to ship it to, uh, to the U.S. They were in the U.K., yeah, it's and he didn't want to ship it to the US. And I was like, I was like, dude, we don't have the Pony Express anymore. It's the future. You can send me things and it'll be fine. I mean, how much how much would that have been? I have no idea. But it was like it was uh oh you're on eBay? Oof. I've not looked at eBay listings for Slava Medicals. Yes, yeah, some... <laughs> in a long time. All from Ukraine, mostly. <laughs> uh, they're going to be coming out of... Okay, so if you are on the hunt for a Slava Medical, which I suggest not doing, but if you if you want to, you're going to find them in former Eastern... or In, in former Soviet bloc countries, so a lot of other like Eastern uh, European countries. Or the wild card is you might find them in Italy. Uh, there are a lot of Slavas that were sent uh, for some fucking reason. Not for some reason. There's actual historical reason, which I talk about on the website. But there's a lot of Slavas that were sent to Italy. And so every now and then, you can find really cool Soviet watches on like the Italian eBay. Uh, uh, this, this episode is sponsored by Google Translate. The only fucking way you're going to navigate the Italian eBay, unless you, you know, unless you know Italian. <laughs> Let's see. I wonder if I can... Let's do North America. Nothing. Oh no, God! You're not going to find someone selling it here in the states. <laughs> I don't know what this is, but it's not. Uh, it's just dudes. Top. It's just dudes yeah. wearing shirts for some reason. Yeah, you're not yeah. going to find it in the United States. Uh, so Barabbas, Barabbas wouldn't sell it to me. The fucker, and that set me on like two, two or three years. Before I, I, can, I convinced you. Yeah, I convinced you. That's right. I remember like every week I would look, every week I would check eBay, and I always knew it all at all times how many Slava medicals were up there because the answer is usually one. Uh it's usually one or two a year that used to make it up there that were actually authentic. Yeah. Um or they're questionable redials, or they're just not they don't look quite right so at a certain point i could have dedicated myself to something like i don't know coding learning something 
like useful. Yeah. But instead <laughs> I spent, I stayed up and I spent nights just looking at eBay and looking for this watch until I finally got it. And, um, at that point, like if this, if in that, in that context, I would say the hunt was, was totally worth it because the watch that I got, um, it's perfectly original. The case back is appropriate. Everything in the movement is right. Uh, I didn't get it from like a random flipper. Actually, I take I take back what I said before. I bought this from someone in the United States. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I think that's what blew me away. We were recording an episode, and I I was probably searching it while we were talking, and I think we stopped recording, and then I sent you the the listing, and I was like, dude, I don't know if it's real. That's a that's up to you to figure out, but this this one is in the states, yeah. So that's why I sent it to you, and I think I that's bought it. Pulled the trigger. I bought it from a kid. Okay, I bought it from a, uh, a man who was just graduating college, and he was just like moving out of the dorms, and he was just selling stuff to make some money, and he bought this watch because he thought it looked cool. I mean, like, sure. I think, I, yeah, I, think I paid. 200 250 bucks for it which is like a little on the high side but like it was worth it dude you know but i knew what i was getting if i spent you know a little bit more money and i was getting something that was like questionable or busted looking i don't know i don't know if i would have gone for it probably wouldn't have at that point it wouldn't have been worth it you know it just seems like such a minefield to me in a lot of ways i've i've been pretty open about not really you liking yeah, you don't like watches yeah. all that much. I mean, there was one watch that I messed with, and that was this one. This is the uh, Smiths Smiths W10. Still, still kind of stings a little bit. I, you I, really, you like, you really liked this one. It was cool. It was really cool. I liked it. I made a mistake selling it. I don't think it's the. I don't think it's the watch I regret selling the most, but mm. I mean. Even after having it and fixing it up, I don't know. It just, yeah, it, it didn't it didn't really spark joy after a little bit. So that's fair. I I don't know. And I think if I'm if I'm interested in something like this these days, you know, we don't have or or back then we didn't have a lot of options. If you wanted something brand new, ready to go, wrist ready, mm. whatever for daily wear. Um, but like, even then I'd probably, I'd probably try to get something like this instead. So, oh yes, you know, this is the CWC, the Mellower 72. I can get that brand new today for under a thousand. It's probably not going to have any problems. I'm not, I'm not going to have to worry about it breaking and servicing, you know, three months later. So I just... I know, I know there's, I know that there's an appeal to the, to the hunt and that plays into the overall worth of the buying experience and the ownership experience. Um, but I don't know. It's just not me, man. Well, the other thing that I think wouldn't, I guess I find surprising that it's not compelling to you. The other reason why someone would make the argument to want to go with an actual vintage watch, as opposed to something that, uh, like this is the vintage watch has a story like it's lived yeah. a life you know what i yeah. mean i feel like i i feel like just that that would be a, appealing to you but 
I think people, I think people romanticized the idea of a watch having lived a life because they assumed it was a good life or yeah. had like a good it, owner before. <laughs> it might not be that interesting. He could have been it, an axe murderer. I mean, I guess could've... that would be kind of cool, but. Well, it depends. Was he like a sexy axe murderer, like on television? Like how they make television shows about sexy murderers for some reason? Not, not like become cool. Not like a oh, uh, with when Zac Efron played Ted Ted Bundy. <laughs> I guess I guess he kind of made it cool. <laughs> I can't have to say this. Killing's not cool, everyone. Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right. Fuck the the story Help. thing. The story thing never really. I don't know. Appealed to me. I I think that's so interesting. There, there's a very limited range of watches I'd I'd find that uh, compelling with. Mm. I, I I guess maybe. I guess just because I'm so into the the military pieces and all of that, the whole, you know, top of the food chain there is getting something that actually was issued with issue markings. Right. Uh, that's kind of cool. I mean, the most I'd go there, it's got to be like a quartz SBS CWC or something like that. That would be killer because it would be technically vintage, but I would still say maybe neo vintage because it's going to be, uh, you know, 80s, 90s type what stuff. Someone, what if someone forgot a battery in there? And it's just like uh, a yeah. coral reef under is like that's the risk. That's like that's the risk with, with quartz. Vintage that could ha- that could happen, but at the very least, I know that I don't know. I'm not going to have to figure out how to service a <laughs> super old Lecoultre movement that you know watchmakers haven't been trained on in like I don't know how long. But just maybe- take it to the mall kiosk. Just take it to the guy in the mall kiosk. Yeah, the same guy just hits it with a hammer <laughs> and like you're good to go. It's running. It's moving now. That'll be eighty five ninety nine. Holy yeah. shit, dude. All right. Weird. And these have all gotten more expensive. I mean, just kind of casually looking at those listings for the, the medical. That's I'm seeing five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars. What the fuck? Yeah. So this it's a it's a different kind of risk that you're taking these days. You know, I'd, there's so many other things I'd rather spend five hundred bucks on. You know. Obviously, I'm a dick. I'm saying that I already have the watch. If I didn't have the watch, I'd probably think differently. That's 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 where the idea of winning fucks with your head. A lot of these sellers, or some of them, I'm noticing the default photo is, or, or like the profile photo for the seller profile is like a, a sexy, like AI Ukrainian woman. <laughs> Just like, yes, you're totally safe to purchase from this listing. <laughs> yeah, AI images are getting out of control. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I don't know. I I I think I'd have to be something stupid simple. Um sometimes okay. The one that hurts the most by mm-hmm. far is the 14060, the no date sub that wow. I actually I got from from Yatsek at Tropical Watch a very long nice. time ago. That's right. Okay. A very long time ago. It didn't um, have a bracelet, right? Didn't didn't have a bracelet and uh that was the first watch i ever saw you wearing really i'm pretty sure that's the first watch i ever saw you wearing because before Mm. i even got into watches the topic came up 
and you mentioned that you were wearing a Rolex. I think I had, well, you inter when you interviewed me, I was wearing my Orient Mako. Oh, so that would, okay. That I would technically be the, the first time. Yeah. That would have been the first watch I would have been in the room with you while you were wearing. I, I don't know if I was looking at your wrist. Yeah, but maybe when you talk to me about watches for the first time, that's probably what that might be what I had. Because, mm -hmm. but yeah, it, it would have to be something stupid simple like that. The caliber, because that watch had the caliber 3000. And I feel like that is a stupid simple movement that brought, there's not much that could go wrong with it from what I understand. And, mm -hmm. I think if you if you keep it serviced and well taken care of, it's it's gonna be fine in the long run. But some of this really weirder esoteric kind of stuff, I get I get kind of worried about it. And that that was that was the same with the Smith Smith's watch. I think it was some kind of I forget the movement in there, but it, it took some it took some work to get it serviced. And you took it to Grain Sons in Grain Miami. Sons. Right? I still, I still kind of don't know what they did to it. I mean, it was working <laughs> fine, but I mean, it's, uh, it's it has something changed. That's still a reputable place, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just think there are so many more options these days. Even if you're looking for, uh, I mean, the SBS Diver is the same watch today that it was, you know, for like. The issued ones, anyways. So, can I say? I know it's not my place to say. I kind of wish he still had that sub. Oh, me too, man. I mean, like <laughs> that thing would be kind of cool. There's something really badass about that. Like no bracelets, just the head. You have it on like a NATO. You had it on a leather strap. I tr I, I tried to find the cheapest. What I remember, yeah. The ch the cheapest Rolex. The cheapest. What is the cheapest way to get into a sub? <laughs> and that is that is a. Uh, I think like a late nineties, <laughs> no date, five digit without the bracelet. And yep. I, I think I paid less than what you paid for your grand Seiko. That's so <laughs> good. That's a really good price. It was also, it was also a very long time ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago. It was, it would have been 20, 2014 or 2015. So nine like or that. 10 years ago. Horrible. Gives me old, chills. Old subs and Bitcoin. Yeah. Why didn't I buy them when I had the chance? <laughs> I I to I toy with the idea of finding an M. So I had the 14060 mm -hmm. with the caliber 3000. And then closer to the end of that no-date sub production, they came out with the 14060 M. And right. I think it's I think it's the caliber 3100. So Cosk certified. So actually, the one that I have wasn't even cost certified. It was. <laughs> so I I toy it's with the idea of, of finding uh, something like that again. Maybe it's gotta be yeah. like double or triple the price now. Oh gosh, yeah, it would be embarrassing. Price? It would be embarrassing, but technically, probably should be the last time you'd have to think about a Rolex because that's. But that watch and a thirty-six millimeter. Explore, I think, are just some of the coolest ones you can get. You know, you don't want an Air King. You don't want to get your Air King game on. The Air King is kind of cool. Um, I want to try one out. I'm afraid. I'm afraid 34 might be. Some of the. Um, did we talk? Did we talk at all about the uh, the turnographs in here? No, because those. Oh, okay. Those might be those might be a little pricier. 
but um those are kind of cool they're basically date justs with rotatable bezels and there's oh cool it's not a there's an even crazier one but i, I don't think it's i think it's probably impossible to find i think there's an old date just called the transcontinental and it has a it has a rotating 12-hour bezel that'd be kind of cool that's kind of badass yeah but i don't don't think i don't it's it's one of those almost like mythical watches that nobody knows anything about (laughs) so I, i back to the point i guess it would have to be something quartz for me Mm-hmm. It would, or something insanely simple, mechanically simple. Um, and the story thing, I don't know. Nah. If I, I don't know if I fell for that, honestly. Some people do. It's like, uh, my wife and I watch these like, um, house hunting and like, uh, like interior, like renovation shows all the time. And like, you see people, uh, there's a big divide in those shows amongst those who want like new construction. Like I want something brand new. Or I want everyone to have ever used the toilets versus other folks who are like, I want a house with a story to tell. Like I want to be just one chapter in the book of life for this house that's been here since 1875. I have no idea. Um, and so like they, they fall in love with this idea of, you know, the story of the house but it's so it's so it's so funny and it's so human to think anything that has a story that came before us like i said i said this before was a great story like what if uh what if an a, a house was subject to an abusive like 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 parents and like or like what if this is like a crack house before or you, you know what i mean <laughs> like like just because it has a story doesn't necessarily mean it's like you know you shouldn't put a dollar value on something like that. You can't control that. I can't control what a watch's life was like before I got it. So you have to have a very pragmatic discussion with yourself where do you like the watch because you think the watch itself is uh, will say something very interesting in your collection or you think the watch will be an interesting part of just how you express yourself with neurology? Because those you can put up, you can possibly put a dollar, a dollar, a dollar value on. I don't like the idea of, you know, folks wanting to get a watch because they think if I buy this watch that has a story, I'll inherit its story and then I'll have an interesting story as well. Because people do that. I want to know nothing about the person that lived here before. You know what, what they did here. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get that out there. We yeah. found meat hooks in the basement and like all these like D clamps everywhere. And like, I don't watch. I just don't want to know. I don't want to know. I just know she was a horrible plumber and that, that caused me a <laughs> huge headache that I won't get into. Um, <laughs> oh man. You don't want to know the history though of who wore that Vostok amphibia before you? I don't know, man. Maybe the guy cheated on his wife while wearing it. Like, <laughs> Or, yeah, that that thing is in that thing is in rough shape. Maybe that's actually a Soviet diver's watch or something. Really cool. <laughs> someone, someone, someone probably dope with that watch. Yeah, it's not a casual purchase. But yeah, the uh, the story thing. Um, even, I think even we can with... say this. I, I think we can say the story thing is not worth it. Don't 
let the story of what a watch's past could have been trick you into thinking it's worth purchasing. Even with military watches, you see some listings like, oh, this one saw action. But what action? Was the guy sitting at a desk or like, was he, I don't know, in Ramadi, like doing crazy shit? Like, I don't know. But um, yeah, that, that, even that stuff doesn't really appeal to me. It it just sounds like more problems down the road when, when I read that kind of stuff. And I just, I want, cause I mean, we have to be, we have to be thoughtful again. Yeah. Prices on these things have gone up. Uh, if a Slava medical is selling for, I mean, this one's 400, 480 bucks. And it's got 14 watchers, 14 people, crazy. 14 people saw 480. Yeah, I don't think about it. So now, now, now I gotta, now I gotta look at this thing. Different, dif- different kind of risk. I can, I can pull it up. We can look at it together. Try to look at it together. We have, we have new technology, guys. Have to open the <laughs> listing. What is it? Uh, this is four hundred eighty bucks. And here we go. We can share the screen. Here it is. From Save Time. So the outer ring and the inner part of the dial look like they've aged at approximately the same rate because that's one thing that's a telltale sign of a Franken. If that top part where the ticks are is a different color than the part in the center where the red text is, it's from a different watch. Mm. So at the very least, we can say that these have aged um, at the same rate. Uh, The text on the bottom looks okay. This I mean, might be okay. The shape of the good. the shape of the case is a little rounded. So like you see mine has I don't know if you can't really see it. Mine has a bit more of a you know edge contours. Sometimes you'll see with cases that are refurbished, they're polished to the point where they lose a little bit of their shape. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Um just eyeballing it, I'm getting a little bit of that. Let me see if I can see a side profile shot of this thing. I don't know if they have one here. Fuckers. Uh, the case back looks fantastic. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You got the star. You got the CCP on there. The number is meaningless. Don't believe the numbers. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it doesn't mean anything. What theories do people have on the numbers? supposed to be serial numbers it's supposed to be like manufacturing codes but the reality is like they're they're not keeping strict paperwork (laughs) like the i I don't fucking know because it's also it this is a style of case called the slava fridge case Uh uh-huh because i guess it looks like a a fucking i don't know what fridges look like back then i guess they look like this um there are several models that had this and so it's so easy to just take the case back from another fridge case and put it on here because mm-hmm. it'll fit. Um, and it's uh, let me see, has the correct ring. I think good portions of this are correct. I think it's been repolished to hell. Uh, there are no movement shots that I can see, which is a very big red flag. If you actually are considering a Soviet watch, you have to see the movement. 
because that will give you additional indications whether or not it's been frankened or serviced weird. The the largest issue that I've seen with franken watches that you can tell in the movements is the the case screws. So case screws are little screws that hold the movement in the case. They're either missing or they've had to be repeat repositioned because if they have to franken the movement, the case screw holds won't really line up the way they're supposed to. So I wouldn't spend 480, but I would ask this person for movement photos. And I would ask them if this thing has been repolished or refurbished. Hmm. Um, it's way too smooth. It's way too shiny. Yeah, I might throw I, I might throw 150 bucks at him, and just be like, "Yeah, it's probably Franken, but it's cool." Where where are they? Let's see. This one is in. Yep, Ukraine. Yeah, they're all gonna. They're all gonna. Like I said, I got fucking lucky because of you. Thank you, Michael, that I bought mine from someone in the states. That happens a lot with CWC as well. Um, I think the only, the only time I've purchase cwc's not from them that i've found on ebay it's been a very very long hunt the last <laughs> one the last one i bought was actually from canada that's as close as i could get but i wanted it i wanted it so bad that i just went i went for it it was a it was an actual tritium dial um actual tritium dial automatic oh, okay that's was, pretty cool it was pretty cool and i sold it to someone uh, I don't remember who, but yeah. Whatever. So it's gone. It's not. It's not in the collection anymore. Not in the collection anymore. That's okay. You, you might. You might find some photos on the website, but that's it. <clears throat> <sighs> that's funny. Yeah, I think. Let me just close those windows. Now I'm just looking at Slav Medicals. You know I'm looking at Slav Medicals right now. Right? <laughs> um, he's going to do a bad thing live on air. No, 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 I already have one, but like I just now I'm just trying to find mistakes. The um. Oh, I turned it. I turned it to my mother. I'm just trying to find mistakes. <laughs> oh God, it happened on air, everyone. Um, vintage watches. The story isn't worth it. I think the other thing that's really changed my perspective. I don't really Jones that much for vintage watches anymore. Honestly, simply because I don't like having to baby them. Like I don't want to have to constantly be worried that. Uh, oh, because I'm in Florida. Oh, it's humid outside. This thing is going to like fog or, oh, I don't want to have to bump this thing on a door sill by accident. And how am I going to fix it? Like, I don't want to go through the hassle of having to baby the watch. Like at this, at this point in my watch collecting journey, I'm very much on board with, I just want to throw a watch on that I love. That's expressive of how I want to collect. And I don't have to think about it. Yeah. You know? that that reminds me of that episode we did um, where we asked ourselves if we even were collectors, 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 <laughs> or are we just people that like watches? Because I think if you're a collector or some kind of, you know, Seiko academic or something who's very interested in collecting these huge swaths of Seiko history, I mean, uh, I think Eric Strickland, for example, I mean, that's amazing. That's just a ton of vintage and, but also I would say uh, historically important to, to put that 
kind of collection together. That's and a that's very gonna, good point. That's going to be a lot of vintage, and it's the kind of thing that people can really learn from. But I think if you're the kind of watch collector or person, non-collector even perhaps, you just want something that works, uh, especially if you are spending quite a bit of money, something that you don't have to baby. It's actually interesting. You bring up a collector like Eric Strickland. I think there's something that occurs. So all facets of watch collectors and all facets of watch collecting have elements. I'm not saying this in a derogatory way of selfishness of self, no, of being selfish in them. Selfish in regards to, I see a thing. I want it. I think that's congruent across all facets of watch collecting. Now there are some facets and there are some tiers of watch collecting, which are a little bit less that and more, in terms of what I think you get with someone like our Strickland, who it's an appreciation for this as a kind of historical touch point to the to the to, to the effect where you end up curating a collection that actually adds value to that thing you're collecting for. So in a sense, even though again there's the element of being selfish, which is totally fine. Um with certain collections, you're actually almost giving something back. Like you are creating something that's comprehensive and accessible that helps enhance the story of the thing you're collecting. Not all collectors collect that way. Not all collectors can say their collections uh, do that. Thinking about Eric Strickland's collection, you know, if I'm just focusing on like the Seiko thing, because of how that collection is curated, or actually, I haven't checked in on in his collection in a long time, so I'm I'm hoping it's the same. But thinking about how I used to remember it, it makes me appreciate Seiko more. And in that sense, hunting for vintage is worth it because worth it. because the value, I, I guess, the value is in the cumulative. Um, Let's uh, just use the academic phrase "cultural value." I'm really sorry, everyone. It might it might be the cultural value, yeah, possibly of, of the collection you created. Possibly, yeah. I think there's the crappy side of having to hunt for vintage, but when you see uh, all three of the U.S. divers co Doxa sub three hundreds in the professional dial, the Sea Rambler and Shark Hunter dial, all in the same place at one time, I. That's that's a that's a that's a rarity, you know. <laughs> so, uh, it makes you appreciate that thing more, as opposed to what other people's collections might do. And yeah, it's actually really funny. You can either be jealous of someone's collection, or you can appreciate that thing they're collecting more. Like you can be a little jealous of it as well, but like I don't know. You know those folks on Instagram who like open the watch box on their coffee table and it's like Ublos and Richard Meals and things like that. Those are collections that are, I mean, obviously those are more wealth enthusiasts, but they're not adding anything to the cultural appreciation of that thing they're collecting. They're just spending money and trying to make you jealous. Well, go going back to the Soviet watches, who is the guy that had that insane collection? Mark. Mark. Mark Gordon. Mark Gordon. Okay. The like. I think the value there was just being able to go to that website and have questions answered, <laughs> especially yep. like if you're researching stuff. Oh and, yeah. 
Yeah. He died, unfortunately. I think we talked yeah. about that on the show. Um, it's going to happen to all of us. It's the only thing that's for sure, I think, <laughs> in this day and age. Uh, Mark Gordon was a collector, uh, probably one of the most prolific and really catalog-driven collectors uh, in Soviet watches. He had uh, so many watches, and he had them on his website, and he had them in this compendium that you would search as if you were going through, like, archives. Like, you could search by references or models or, or brands, you know, Soviet watch brands and things like that. And so... Um, and he was not originally like a watch collector. He was more of a self-proclaimed, um, you know, Slavophile. This this idea of being uh, infatuated or at least drawn to um, objects or histories or cultural milestones that have uh, like a like Slavic background, like Eastern European Slavic backgrounds and things like that. And so that got him into uh, Soviet watches and like. Dude, he had crazy things. He had in his collection something that I've always thought would be so amazing to own. But they're just so crazy to try to get. So some folks were able to revive his website. It's not quite the same, and it's not the entire collection. But a, a collection of folks in the Soe Watch community were able to bring the site back up. So that's what Michael has right now on, on the screen if, you, if you're on YouTube. He had in his collection, I think, two or three Tutima chronographs during a period of time when that section of Tutima, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that incorrectly, I apologize uh, to any German speakers, when that section of that factory was on the Soviet Union side. No, hold on, I'm getting confused. They, Yeah, yeah, it was on the Soviet Union side. So what they did was they took all of the machinery from Tutima to moscow and started making their own chronographs so there are there are sort of tutima branded chronographs out there with first moscow watch factory stamps on them and that is just so fucking cool to me Honestly. that's pretty that's pretty impressive yeah like and that's a small period of time and the reason that was a big deal is um the soviets of all the things at the time the soviets were trying to get right with Soviet horology, so this is World War II-ish, even World War I-ish, um, they couldn't do chronographs. So during wartime, anytime um, like a German soldier was captured or if like a German plane went down, uh, the first thing those Soviet soldiers were doing was seeing the motherfuckers weren't a chronograph. Uh, because those things, <laughs> those, it was the one aspect of Soviet horology they just couldn't do very well at the time. Uh, yeah. And so when they then had the opportunity to take the machinery from the factory that was making really good chronographs at the time, and at the time it was Tutima. Again, I was saying that name wrong. Um, they did that. They, they just they just took, just took the machines, <laughs> and they and so Mark had um, Mark Gordon had I think he had like two or three in his collection. That blows my mind. That's so cool, man. Yeah, radium that's... radium dials like so cool. That that's when putting in the work makes it kind of cool because. Again, you have that the academic utility behind that sort of collection. It's just, it's priceless. I think that's nuts. <clears throat> no, so so I so yes, in that sense, collecting vintage is worth it if you are able to help the community appreciate that thing you're collecting more. Or you know what I'm saying? 
But if you're looking for an old school type panda dial chronograph that you can flex on Instagram, <laughs> you could. Um, it, I mean, it could be worth it to you if you want to spend the money for it. It could be worth it to you if you if you want to beat yourself up trying to find something that works is in good condition that's cool or you can get a dan henry <laughs> i don't know <laughs> or, you can get, or you can get a dan henry and be yeah. and be mountains happy yeah mountains happier with that you yeah. know i i and i i know this is a i'm taking a a, a position that a lot of people are not going to agree with but that's just that's kind of that's kind of where i am with well the with great thing is the the great thing is the show is called Two Broke Watch Snobs. It's not Two Broke Amicable Watch Enthusiast. So I think it's totally fun for us to take hard stances on certain things. Yeah. Yeah, if we had a P.O. box, maybe people would send us mean things. I don't know. Right now, uh, they just right now they just have to yell into our podcast reviews. Yeah, or if you're in the car listening, just roll your window down and yell. We'll hear it. <laughs> we'll hear it. It'd That's be like... True. it. It'd be like the uh, like like an emotional bad signal. Like I'd be like eating dinner and be like, I've ang- I've angered someone. Someone <laughs> hates the show. Oh man! I'm, I'm also trying to make sure I got the history of that Tutima chronograph from the first Moscow Bosch factory correct. So I keep I'm talking to you and I'm trying to recreate. I'm trying to piece together the history again in my brain. There might, sure be, there might be four people on the planet that probably <laughs> like know the. the- the truth behind that history and maybe one of them listens to the podcast and one of them's dead so i guess it's okay <laughs> if you I, might but, you might anger one neckbeard that was fine let, let me know you. let come me back know, with an, come back with an actually uh, actually kind of. <laughs> no i'm pretty sure that's right but like that so like the, the i've had moments where i've envisioned trying to do something like that with soviet watches but like dude, it's not it's not worth it like we're doing this we have other projects we're talking about i have a full-time job i have a baby i have the family like i am not going to sit here and try to painstakingly put together a curated collection of soviet watch curiosities i just i just can't although i do still want to i do i do still want a gen one swing lugs vostok amphibia Mm. guaranteed to have, have someone died while wearing it I'm trying to think if I were interested in in going going all in to collect one type of thing, you know, just you I know, have a suggestion for the, for the sake of cataloging. Okay, what's your suggestion? Doxes. Uh, yeah, that gets expensive. My recommendation hey. for you would be the the neo the Christmas chronos. So you have the oh, hardest shit. One, you have the hardest one to find. You could just get the other ones, and you have the collection. That's actually there. a good point. There, there there are a lot of really fun ones you can get that would, when put together, would encompass a really really kind of like thoughtful collection. So okay, that's fair. Yeah, we didn't put a price on it, so I just threw docs out there. But that gets that gets expensive. That, that would be fun. That would <laughs> that would be kind of wild. But that that get, that does get expensive. What would, what would you do? What would your what, if you if you chose? What would you what would you do within reason? I guess obviously if it's if we don't want it to be too expensive because I could go all in on Orient Neo seventies and eh, not spend that much money, <laughs> honestly. I'm so far from the mic. Sorry, I have to get closer. Hello. No, Hello. you're good. It's right. I'm. That's really hard. I'd have to take some time to think about it. 
Um, you, you know, it would be badass. I, for some reason, could see you just totally going wild card and getting obsessed with like old vintage Timex. That's something that I was thinking about old vintage Timex going back to those. Also the little, the, the predecessors to the F 91 W those small mm. two button, two button Casios, um, Casios that actually there are Casios out there that do have uh issue markings on the back so oh shit that's kind of badass so like there are there are old french navy ones that have issue markings um just the same way a french navy tutor would (laughs) that's pretty cool a weird uh, maybe some really weird lane of uh military casio collecting isn't wasn't wasn't there a period of time when omega was like putting different countries air force logos on their dials and case backs wasn't that a period of time you know what i'm talking about like in the 60s or 70s yeah i i think i think a lot of those companies at one point i I mean even still today they have these uh, corporate co-branding services that you could probably you know i mean rolex used to do it if you were uh like a Domino's pizza safe delivery driver for would, 10 years or something. I was uh, waiting for it. <laughs> I, for, I I saw one with a grocery store or something and it was like safe driver 10 years. And it was the grocery store's logo uh, on, what would on be the a, six o'clock. What would be a great watch to put the Little Caesars logo on? Like Little Caesars, you didn't stab anyone in 10 years that, you know, was mad that nothing was hot and ready when you walked in. What would be a great brand to do that with? I'd put that on a yacht master too. <laughs> you don't fuck with that guy. Look at his watch. Look at He's got 10 years of little Caesar. Hot, hot every time. <laughs> <laughs> always hot, always ready. Next question. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Here's your, here's your yacht master too. <laughs> I mean, that I actually want to find if somebody, uh, collected all of those super obscure co-branded like That's air kings I, I could see that yeah because the, the air king dominoes was a thing yeah was, but yeah, yeah the dominoes i think is the the most famous one but there's yeah there I, people have seen win dixie ones or i i don't know just a ton of other weirds because again so cool. you just had to you just had to work with their corporate branding office or whoever did that for you um these days i think they not not Rolex, but I think Tudor does it. Well, I don't. I think that's unclear. But Omega does it for sure. Breitling does it. You know, mm. the co-branded stuff. Maybe that's something to get into. But what, that also what should we? Expensive. What should we co-brand? What should we get our our logo on? Our 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 pop punk inspired logo that hasn't changed in in like eight years, eight six or seven. Eight years? I don't know. Maybe a massage gun or something. A noise gate pedal. What if we? Uh, what if it was something ridiculous like, um, like Tums, like antacid pills, like TBWS branded? Pepsi then we'd have to work with the FDA, like, right? But really, we can't just put like. Uh, I mean, I'm not making the pills. I just want my face on, not my face, but I want my my logo on them. Yeah, but the FDA wants to know who's making the pills. Oh fucking okay. What about a nutritional supplement? Yeah, yeah that 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 could that could come back. 
that could take things back for us i think a shaker bottle how about that <laughs> oh my god never again i could see that oh yeah. we could do a we could do we could do a shaker bottle that makes when you shake it the sound it makes is the sound of a rotor spinning that'd be hard i don't, I don't even know how that i don't know how how that's even possible in the context of reality i don't I just said a but I, I just had a mad lib to you and I was kind of hoping it would just be possible. <laughs> well, I don't know. We might get contacted by somebody. Who knows? Well, we'll see. Um I don't know. I definitely am not that much into vintage watches anymore. Which is a shame because they're I think what helped define me as a collector was honestly how much fucking time I spent looking at Sylvia watches. Like, dude, I spent a long fucking time like that 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 breakdown we did at that slava medical like a few minutes ago dude i would do that like dozens and dozens of times every single day for a long fucking time <laughs> on like different watches like different like sylvie watches that i was just looking at you know you're like this is getting unhealthy this is like now it was, it, was, it, was, it was i mean but but i'm glad for it but i don't i don't see myself getting Unless it's a very cheap, affordable Rolex Air King for forty five hundred dollars. Even even this stuff, I'll I'll this will be the last thing I share. But like, here's an issued quartz vintage fifteen hundred. Was that pounds sterling? Pounds. Yep, that's expensive, man. But nineteen ninety five. Uh. When was there a was there were there what was were there any conflicts in ninety five? I don't know. I can't remember. I, mean, I was. I, can't even... <laughs> I was doing other things in nineteen ninety five. I can't even keep track of them anymore. So fifteen. So it's like eighteen hundred USD, nineteen hundred USD. Yeah, it's all because of this. <laughs> These markings. Not. I mean, honestly, probably not a bad price. I love this. The this website. They always have great stuff, but you're buying you're buying the story, yeah. You're buying little are the little stamps on the back of the watch worth it? The coolest the coolest part of that story would be how sketchy the person went about basically not returning the watch when they were supposed to. Okay, dumb question. You're supposed to return them? I think so. I don't think you're supposed to keep a lot of issued watches. Interesting. I think you have to give them back. That was certainly the case with the the Flieger watches. Um, yeah, I think you can't just like, I lost the watch. Oh no! Oops! Oops. <laughs> you know, I so. left it. In, I left it outside the bathroom. It's 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 gone. It's gone now. Yeah. So those stories are fun. Maybe I'd be attracted <laughs> to that. I don't know. For a little bit less money. For a little less money. Yeah telling you man well here let's uh let's do this i think that's I, I i'm very curious to hear folks's thoughts on the discussion of vintage watches especially from folks who've been listening to us for a long time because you've heard us go through all different stages <laughs> i think everyone's heard us go through all different stages of watch collecting like throughout the years yeah you know um let us know your thoughts on the show. Let us know your thoughts on the idea of when vintage watches are and aren't worth it. Your thoughts on the concept of a story not being worth it. Or, you know, 
and this just occurred to me as we were talking about it a few minutes ago, but like, is it fair? Is it fair for the idea of collecting as a cultural touchstone in that brand's history? Is that fair to you as an individual? What if you just want to collect selfishly? Do you have to collect with a higher purpose? I guess if you can afford to, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's that's key. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, let us know your thoughts on the show. Definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel here if you're listening or watching on YouTube. What up, y'all? Uh, I will endeavor to do a much better job at staying closer. Cl- hello, closer to the microphone. Is this better, Michael? It sounds great. I think it sounded okay. good the whole time. Yeah. Okay, good, good. Because like, like I, I move, I move, I move a lot when I talk we just, for some reason. We just need to get you one of these with the fuzzy top. Can I get one of the ones that like that like that like like boy bands wore when they were doing like tours? Like a little. We can try. It might sound good. I'm still looking. Right? At, I'm still looking at the cat ear gamer girl ones. That oh comes shit! With a, that's right. That comes with a microphone, so we could try that. Yeah. So we got to get cat ear headphones. I got to get the boy band microphone. We got to get more face tune, right? Yeah. We got to get a, we got to get ring lights, and we got to get OnlyFans set up. And then we'll be ready to take on Mr. Beast. Okay. <laughs> We're coming to knock on your door, Mr. Beast. <laughs> That is your real name. But um, let us know your thoughts on the show. Definitely hit us up. Check out twobookwashdowns.com. Uh, uh, please do subscribe to the YouTube channel here as we continue to put things out. If you have any ideas for videos that you would like to see, definitely let us know. Um, Nothing gross. Anything else? Nothing gross. Oh, God, yeah. Jeez, yeah, no, 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 no. Unless you're on all, <laughs> our, our, our OnlyFans. Um, yeah, the YouTube the, the YouTube is a, is a, is a one-button scenario. Only fans would be like what, like two, two yeah. or three buttons. You're, you're getting yeah. close. That's it. This yeah. is pay. This is paywall. Okay, this is paywall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, 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 I'm buttoning. I'm buttoning back up. <laughs> but um, let us know your thoughts on the show. Uh, keep an eye out for just more updates on the website. Um, is that time? Is that sad time? time? I think we're all done. All right, you start it. I'll close it. Thanks for listening, guys. My name is Mike. And this is Kaz. You have been listening to Two Book Watch Knobs. Later.